Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And today we are welcoming back two of the elite Delta Force of Movies by Minute <laughs> Sean German and Pete Mummert. Well, thank you. That was, uh, I, I, I don't think, <laughs> like beta force or somewhere farther down the thing, but Sean is definitely, Sean might be alpha force. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish I could do what you do. That's all I say. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what's going on in this? This is one crazy minute. Oi, yeah. So <laughs> in today's episode, we are covering minute 65 of the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, we get a few brief and hilarious vignettes of the partying underground complex folk, and the electric demo team drops a truth bomb on Sitterson. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what did you guys, uh, maybe we'll let Sean and, and Pete just, um, you know, what were your thoughts on this? You know, one thing I thought was interesting, I'd, I'd read somewhere, and I'm sure you guys talked about this, where when they made the film, they wanted to make it so that people who arrived late would think they were in the wrong movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt that numerous times. Like, there were a couple of, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I, I actually love that. Like, that, I'm a big fan of, like, Philip K. Dick, or it's stuff that, like, really kind of warps mm. reality or what your perception of what's happening is. And I, that was by far my favorite part of this movie. Like, I love that, that transition we get from... Dana getting beaten up by the zombie to this middle-aged weird dancing party. <laughs> well, yeah, and there is a, there is a, I think there's an emotional arc to this minute, but it's much different. We we talked about the contrast on Monday between the horror and then the comedy, and then this is another transition, but it's not back to horror. It's back to, well, we don't quite know what yet but some kind of suspense towards the end where it's something's not right in, but it's a different way than, you know, kind of what we've seen before. Right. Yeah. yeah this mm -hmm. is, this is a part of the new reveal that the harbinger, the guy that was running the gas station was trying to give <laughs> them this, like, Hey, things are not going to go as smoothly as mm -hmm. you think they are like way back mm -hmm. yeah. called them. yeah that was another you know comedic moment where they're all yeah joking and laughing and they're not really hearing what he's saying and it's funny though because none of those people on the surface remind me of real people at all but everybody mm -hmm. down here in this office does like i, I feel like i know mm -hmm. people like every single one of these people down in the office and I like mm -hmm. that. Like this, it really grounds you back in. Hey, this is our world. Yeah, they did a great job with costuming here. With um, you kind of get a little, you get a little, a uh, couple of sweaters, a lot of, <laughs> of course, blue shirts and white shirts, and some jackets. And it's not quite casual Friday, you know. Everybody's kind of dressed fairly professionally. And I really like the guy here that's wearing like the gauntlet. And he almost <laughs> he almost looks like he's LARPing or something. I mean, as he's part of the people that are taming the some of the mm -hmm. creepy monsters, you know. But, uh -huh. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Is that what the thing was on the guy's? Is that on his wrist? Yeah, that like the the thing looks like a bird of prey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or he just yeah, yeah it popped yeah. over from uh, like yeah. a you know Robin Hood Prince of Thieves costume party or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like, I think the green vest, I mean, when you really look at it, you can kind of imagine maybe that he's part of the crew right, that's wrangler. really like the wranglers, you know, because somebody's <laughs> got to wrangle those creatures <laughs> in and out of those. Yeah. I'm assuming some of them may need to be fed and, yeah. you know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know of, uh, yeah. the real workings Looking of all real this. Looking real tough this martini glass. Well, and the, and the attention, you talk about the costume, right, the attention right. to detail. Everyone's got their badge. You know, I'm sure they've got to like swipe in and have to get through doors and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you were asking like where they came from. Like, I, I, or you were asking like if they need care. Like one of the things that I kept wondering was where did they come from? Right. Like, were they created mm-hmm. by this company or were they, have they, did this company kind of Noah's Ark style just collect them as they came in the door? Or like what happened? How did they get them? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like it's some, I, I don't know the answer to that, you know, like, are they all created or that? They, yeah, they've been wrangled over time, kind of collected. <laughs> like that could be an interesting, um, right. an interesting <laughs> yeah. offshoot type of a film, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then they've, after this, after the events of of this movie, and I won't I won't say oh, I'll yeah. give away the ending, but yeah. I will say mm-hmm. uh, perhaps they need to restock in the end. So uh, yeah, that would be interesting that that curating process, kind of a, a take on <laughs> yeah. uh, the latest yes. Harry Potter film, yes. the Fantastic Beasts, just kind of a, a different twist, but a similar type thing of yeah, getting all these things together, right? But oh, that would right. so that touches upon we 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 touched upon that question a little bit on Monday is kind of where these things come from or what's their origin are we are these things here because we're scared of them or are we scared of them because they're here i kind of feel like this is a curated collection that these are things that are out there in the world and in the universe and this just happens to be one of the places where they come together or they've been mm-hmm. brought together uh-huh mm-hmm yeah. Um, and at the time when I was doing, you know, more research about the monsters that each complex is a different set of monsters. And so I think the implication is that they're culturally specific. Okay. Well, I, and I was wondering, like, that made me wonder, like, are they, do they represent different parts of our own psyches? Mm. And like, cause I kept wondering, is Dana dreaming? Because I, I don't understand how she's not dead. Like, I don't understand any of these people mm-hmm. not dead immediately, but like you see her, at some point, mm-hmm. just like vomiting blood and like she's being slammed around and like, you know, it, it's and I kept wondering, is she dreaming? Like is is what is what is reality in this world and what isn't like I, I'm assuming these mm-hmm. these office workers are reality. But when the van went behind that computer mm-hmm. kind of generated thing was were they still in a reality world or were they in? some other place yeah that's a good question so i mean the way that the movie the way we've been dissecting it is and and discovering it is that sort of the dream place if you will that that dana and the gang are in is all you know constructed by these guys you know everybody here in the Uh control room and all the different players there's there's a story there's a, a group of people that are developing stories and there's people that are basically doing like set dressing and there's, you know, there's a huge telephone that has links to all the different parts of this company and how, you know, it all works together. So, uh-huh. but I, I do definitely agree that the, the, the Scooby <laughs> gang, the kids that are being sacrificed seem to have superhuman strength like they get hit i I feel like it might be because they've been being manipulated a ton 
like through uh-huh. different drugs being administered or sprayed into rooms and things. So I'm wondering, I think some of these drugs may be giving them, you know, more more adrenaline or more of that of like they're kind of hulking out in a way like so that they or so maybe it's dulling uh-huh. their pain or something. Because, yeah, there's been people that have been straight up stabbed in the back or back or dragged, <laughs> dragged mm-hmm. or grabbed right. with yeah, that, that claw, the bear, the bear claw <laughs> yeah, slash yeah. bear trap so yeah well yeah i was wondering like is the experiment being done on the kids or is the experiment actually being done on the people in the in the in the office and they just don't know it Mm. yep it's possible i mean the experiment is also kind of being done on us too because we're we're along for this ride and we you know they they're giving us like these a ton of tropes and then turning it on on its head so we're getting these unexpected mm-hmm. twists and turns and so we're we're supposed to sort of also be the the gods ultimately we're the gods being appeased by the the good storytelling that they're doing mm. okay. <laughs> are all these people are all these workers uh psychopaths <laughs> are they gross or are they just sort of desensitized to violence after doing their job for a lot of years yeah that's a question for anybody <laughs> i think <laughs> i think they're decent i think to some degree they're desensitized i think another part of this is that you know truman is that character who's supposed to be the and and when we get a little later in this minute i, I have a question about what the the demo people tell citizen but Truman is supposed to be this, you know, moral voice and this moral voice of the audience that's looking at the casual acceptance of all of this horror and violence by the people who work there and and is just kind of like, what the fuck? You know, this is, this is crazy. Uh-huh. And so he's he's our voice in, in a sense. But I think, you know, the other part of this is when you have a philosophy that if you don't do this, the whole world will end, they've coped with this in some inhumane ways, hence the bedding, yeah. um, hence the the rampant crazy tequila party that we're witnessing here. You know, and, and that's their way of of coping with it in in, you know, even to the point where they're they're literally just they've got it up on the wall and they're not even paying attention. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, as you had mentioned, there's a, a woman who's vomiting blood behind a guy who's trying to you know, ask a woman out and just, you know, just doesn't, doesn't connect. So they they are just, they're not, I don't know that they connect them as people. They use their last names, which is, I, I think, a way of dehumanizing them a little bit, uh, not, not connecting to them like, uh-huh. you know, like Pete or Sean, but it's uh-huh. almost like a soldier of like, you're, you know, one of many. Mm-hmm. So to, to not, you know, make a connection to them. I think that's part of that <laughs> uniqueness of yeah. um, Hadley saying, you know, God, I'm really, really starting to root for this girl. But then two seconds later, it's like, tequila is my lady. You know, he just <laughs> has the moment and then he just, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. it's the booze is coming through and the party's here. So <laughs> we have these like such brief moments of of them, I think, connecting to their humanity. And, and then they have to bottle that noise to borrow a term from <laughs> Parks and Rec and and do their job. So well, and I do, my two cents. I do appreciate that they 
at least some of them consider their job art, you know, like the woman who mm. says, Oh, it was masterful. And the guy's like classic denouement and everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like they seem really odd that this guy's such a master at what he's doing. And they <laughs> seem to aspire to that. Yeah. I, I like yeah. it too. Cause he's kind of like acting like, Oh, it's no big deal. I'm kind of just doing, yeah. Like my, my white guy dance moves and <laughs> totally. it's fine. You know? <laughs> his, his um, attachment to the merman cannot be, denied he has to he has to come have, yeah. he has to come yeah. around and still say i just just think it'd be a bit of been cooler with the merman you know <laughs> well I, I do think this is also this can be seen as commentary mm. on religion as far as yeah. their i wondered about their that. reaction to the situation <laughs> because we've got you know we've got the old hands hadley and, and citizen mm. we you know we assume have come up through the ranks and you know, worked their way up to middle management and they've they've been through many cycles of this, but there's some younger people, there's an intern, you know, how are they you know, how are how are they okay with this or how are they dealing with it? And and part of it may <laughs> be so that old. if we don't do this, the world's gonna end. Yeah. You know, if there's that there's mm-hmm. that side of faith that certainly it inspires people to do many good things, but mm-hmm. the flip side of that is it can allow people to do some less good and they can convince themselves, well, if it's, if it's for the greater good, if there's some overarching power that, uh, that wants this to happen or says this has to happen, Mm. then that we can give ourselves permission to do things that we know, you know, maybe we would otherwise wouldn't do, or that we know Uh wouldn't be right, or we wouldn't be as comfortable with, but if you tell yourself, Oh, it's, you know, it's all for the greater good, then I'm going to, you know, kill these innocent teenagers or allow them to, to die. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> well, I'm, and I'm still kind of amazed, like mm-hmm. how much, uh, everybody knows about everything. Like everybody has access to see everything that's going on. Like nobody's kept in the dark about anything, which seems pretty surprising. Like even the intern knows, like ever like he's watching everything on the screen. Yeah. Like, no, I kind of feel like too with Hadley and Citizen mm-hmm. that it's almost like it helps them spread out the culpability when they're kind of like, well, we'll let you guys in occasionally because they let them in into the control room for bedding earlier. And now they're letting them in to basically like, yeah, kind of lift them up and say, <laughs> hey, let's party. And it's also a distraction. They're also, everybody's getting hammered. I mean, Ronald <laughs> the intern is like, I'm an intern. <laughs> So I don't qualify for OT and he's just like <laughs> totally wasted. And, and that, you know, that's probably another way that they're all dealing with this is just being distracted and boozed. And that's mm-hmm. why I like, like, I really like Bradley Whitford, the way he works this, because it's like, he does that thing where he looks like he's loosened up and having a good time. But then <laughs> there's all these little moments where he looks like behind his eyes, he's really dying inside, you know? <laughs> oh, <God>. yeah. <laughs> do they go home at night? Well, do all these people have to keep everything a secret when they go out, like when they go home at night or when they go yeah. have dinner with their neighbors or like, is this a secret from everyone else in the world or does everybody except for the kids know yeah, about keeping it? keeping it a secret. What do you tell your family you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a good question. <laughs> so yeah, once you once you join, you're you're in for a life. That's it. So yeah, we talked about that a little bit in that we were wondering about Marty. You know, Marty seems to have already sort of figured things out 
before they've even taken off, right? He's talking like when they're um, right from the beginning and when they're in the um, Rambler on their way out, kind of like talking about the puppets and uh-huh. and his GPS, his ass and all that stuff. So we kind of wonder like, yeah, what what does he know or has he figured something out beforehand because of things in his life that have given him clues? Like we know for this scenario that there was surveillance for them, you know, straight out from Dana's apartment. But when did that surveillance start and how aware are, Mm -hmm. is the average public to what, what's going on and that there is this ritual? Do people know I wonder. Yeah. Well, and then how, how far back does it go? Did, you know, did they identify, oh, here's this group of kids that are going to go out camping in the woods. So let's just bring them into our woods and do our thing. Or was, you know, how far back does it go? Did it, we need to introduce these people? Like here's a bunch of strangers, but individually they kind of fit our plan. We need to arrange for them to meet become friends, plan this trip. And yeah, yeah. Has their whole life been a manipulation up to this point? Yeah. Mm, Yeah, definitely mm -hmm. possible. Well, and how far back does it go? Like were native Americans living here, like in the 1600s or the 1200s, did they have to do like some kind of ritual scenario like this? And then people came over on the Mayflower and they had their own ritual scenario that they had to bring with them. Like, is this something that people have been having to appease the ancient gods for hundreds and thousands of years. I think that's the implication. Yeah. I think if we take the the artwork that we see in the beginning where you have uh, Aztec or Mayan looking, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, dif- a difference, but some form of South American elite civilization. And then you've got Egyptian, Sumerian. So I think that there are, the, the implication is, is that every single society has had to do some type of ritual, presumably for thousands of years to keep them bottled up underneath the ground. Uh So I think it's completely plausible that um, you had Native Americans on on both continents, you know, they Uh were doing some type of ritual to appease them. So what I'm gathering from this is the fact that the four of us don't know about this in the world today is that I, th- I think we're about to find ourselves in this scenario. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's very possible. Like, I think we're all going to go on a camping trip very soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. Sean, you said you're going to be over here in April. So yep. yeah. <laughs> I know a couple cabins in the wood we can all <laughs> camp out at, have an adventure. Prepare for the end of the world. Um, yeah. We'll just get, get Molly to come down. Yep. I wanted to point out something just because we hadn't specifically <laughs> talked about it, but uh, there's the, you mentioned, Pete, I think that, you know, yeah, there's all this gross stuff happening behind. It looks like Dana's really mm-hmm. getting tossed around and even looks like she's throwing up and all this gross stuff. But in front of that, there's this sheepish guy getting, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh it's so heartbreaking, right? Oh. But, um, I've always thought to tickets to your favorite. <laughs> just happens to have tickets to her favorite ballet. Yeah. That he knows what her favorite ballet is. Yes. It's such a great little moment. But I always thought that this um, was an uncredited summer glow. The woman that's walking away. Yeah. Are you guys? Yeah. You know, from Firefly Dollhouse Serenity. Yeah. With, I mean, with blonde hair. But to me, that's who that looks like. 
Could be. Any thoughts on that? Well, let's put it to our folks. But yeah, I mean, when I look at it, to me, that looks like her face. Little cameo. Or yeah. She just like totally walks. She's not even looking at this guy when he's talking to her. <laughs> and he's holding the tickets. It's like, I finally got up my courage. I'm I'm pulling oh. out the tickets and I'm going to. And then she just walks away. And that, I mean, to me, yeah, that's a total, <laughs> total party, <laughs> party bummer. Yeah. Well, how long has that guy been saving that question up? Like, is this. I know. And maybe he's thinking like, oh, like, I'm going to get like, an overtime bonus and that's going to help pay for these primo, <laughs> primo seats I got. And <laughs> he just stuffs them back in his jacket and looks away. Yeah. Yeah gonna buy some steak gonna take her out yeah she just you know this is why girlfriend you can't get like a good man because like you got somebody who's like listening to you who's like went out and like showed initiative and you're just like i'm gonna go get some more tequila like just so does he still go to the ballet does he use those tickets you think (laughs) (laughs) yeah he calls up his mom i think he goes home and calls his mom oh no So I was kind of curious what you guys thought of these last lines Mm -hmm. for this minute where the demo people are like, yo, this is like not, we didn't, you know, we didn't do this. This is not our fault. And they said there was a a glitch in the power reroute from upstairs. So I was kind of curious what you made of that. Yeah, I think there's, I actually had a a note on that. And I think there's, it's just a lot of questions. And I don't, I, I certainly don't think we've had answers up to this point. I don't know if we get answers, like just like glitch what does that mean upstairs what's upstairs Mm -hmm. and then reroute like so power reroute is that is that you know is the power reroute the glitch or does power reroute is that a reaction to the glitch does that mean someone you know someone upstairs did something to Mm -hmm. affect the situation that's you know even beyond control Mm -hmm. of this control room like is there a control room behind the control room so yeah, I've got yeah, yeah, I've got a lot of questions just on that, just in that line. Like every word is just more questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Pete, what do you think about that? Yeah, because I kept, every, you know, I mean, this was the first time I'd watched the movie, and every time they said upstairs, I wasn't thinking like the people on the surface. I kept thinking there was like that's the executive offices mm-hmm. they're talking about. Yeah, and I kept thinking like mm-hmm. there's another layer above them of hierarchy that's can kind of controlling what they're doing. But not, yeah, I'm not so sure I, I remember when I saw it the first time, I kept thinking, like, I know technically these guys are below what's going on with the kids in the surface, on the surface. But I still, yeah, it's still uh-huh. mentally, I was never imagining them like below them. And then the, when they're talking about upstairs, that that means, because yeah, they say upstairs. That doesn't sound like the surface. They don't say on the uh-huh. surface or... Yeah, 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 and there's a whole section yeah. we haven't seen that, yet, you know, that's going to be revealed later on. And where is that exactly? We're not sure. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I do have to give the guy props for stopping that unwanted hug. Yeah, <laughs> like when the guy comes up to him, and he comes up to hug him. Peterson comes up to hug him, and he just puts his hand out. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely definitely oh God, good, boundaries. good boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> We've, Citizens, this isn't the first time Citizens been had to been put in his place for his boundaries too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I know this is going to sound super funny, but the first time I saw this when they had mentioned upstairs in this moment, I thought like, I'm like, do you mean Jesus? Like, did Jesus like put us yeah, up on this? Yeah. You think like, like a heaven sort of thing, like somehow like a good and evil type thing. I mean, there's nothing that warrants that within this, but that was my first thought. And then, you know, upon seeing it a few more times, I was like, oh, maybe you're seeing something that's actually like from the the director suite, like the, the C-suite, like you were mm-hmm. talking about, Pete. And I was like, oh, but I was like, well, the director kind of tries to make this go through at the end. So maybe that's not it. And then when I was doing research, people were saying maybe they thought Marty had done something because, you know, spoiler alert, Marty's alive and, you know, had gotten a hold of the. But like, yeah, upstairs, meaning the surface. Right. Uh-huh. That that was that was the implication. And then another person online was saying they thought maybe Truman was like an inside man and actually was like not super comfy with what's going on it was like. Let's just throw in the towel here, let the chips fall where they may. And so he had done something. So I don't know what the answer is either, but I, I find it I find that it's a a very curious comment that never quite gets resolved. And so I'm, I'm I was just very curious about what your guys' theories were and what you had envisioned with that line. Well, I'm I'm fascinated because I I thought it was cut and dry after I watched oh. it. Like I thought it was Marty. Marty, so I, yeah. I cool but I like I like the Truman, Truman, now there's Truman all this idea. Debate. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. But yeah, I always thought it was Marty yeah, because Marty learns mm-hmm. how to manipulate the oh. the elevator. Uh huh. And it's good mm, to have okay. good have a couple of different ideas. Right. I'd I'd love to hear what other people think. They can tweet at us mm-hmm. or join us in the Gabin in the Woods Facebook group. <laughs> Let us know what they think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anything else about the about this minute before we wrap it up, everybody? Yeah, that's that's all I got. No, I think I'm good. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, just uh, here's another opportunity for some plugage. So, Sean, why don't we start with you? Where can people find you these days? Uh, well, I've got a, a new thing going on that is called Groundhog Minute, and that is the Groundhog Day podcast where myself and my co-host Dave Palace cover the movie Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. Awesome. You can can find that at (laughs) groundhogminute.com. Sweet. Really looking forward to to listening to that. And Pete, how about you? Uh, Well, I do kind of what you guys do with Cabin in the Woods and Sean does with Groundhog Day with Indiana Jones. And you can find us at Indiana Jones Minute. And if you're looking for the... uh, latest list and links for all the movies by minutes podcasts you can find those at movies by minutes.com and uh, you can find us at cabin and i think that's all i have to say today so i want to give another uh, thank you to pete and sean for coming back around again on this fine wednesday and uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 65 and we will see you back at the cabin Thank you.